Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. A decision on whether or not to indict former President Trump is delayed yet again. And Republicans in the House and Senate are responding differently. Many in the House are quick to defend the former president, while senators under the leadership of Mitch McConnell are playing it a bit more reserved. Entity's Melina Wisecup is on the Hill with more. Melina, what's the general feeling there from lawmakers? So there is slightly different messaging coming from Republicans in the House versus the Senate over the possibility of a Trump indictment, with House Republicans being quick to call this a politically motivated prosecution, while Senate Republicans have been a bit more mild on the issue. But I do want to note that there has been unity around the messaging that the New York District Attorney's priorities are questionable, for example, lacking the much-needed attention on local crime and instead prioritizing this Trump case. And while the House Oversight Committee has uh, been quick to question the legitimacy of the New York District Attorney's case against former President Trump, we asked Senate Republican Whip John Thune if he believes that the House's quick action here is justified. Here's what he said. The House is going to handle matters their way. Questions are being asked by a lot of our members, and for that matter, people all across the country, about the prioritization of uh, this DA of this issue over what are very current and real um, law enforcement issues in their city. And this strikes a slightly different tone than what we've heard from House Republicans regarding this Trump case. For example, here's House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's take on it. I look at it from this perspective. We live in America and it should be equal justice. Um, this was personal money. I wasn't trying to hide. This was seven years ago, statute of limitation. And I think in your heart of hearts, you know, too, that you think this is just political. And I think that's what the rest of the country thinks. And we're kind of tired of that. And House Republicans are in a different spot than Senate, Rep than Senate Republicans because they do have the ability to launch a probe into this, into the prosecution, because they do hold the majority, whereas Senate Republicans do not have that ability because Democrats are in control in the Senate. As for how Senate Democrats are responding, well, they're actually taking a more mild approach themselves. I asked Senate Leader Chuck Schumer, who's from New York himself, his take on it. Here's our exchange. Some are kind of saying that this is Democrats, just political attack on Trump. What is your response to that? Look, I think it's premature sure to talk about it. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen yet. And there was some news floating around about the possibility of a decision of, on a Trump indictment to be made today. But the New York District Attorney told the grand jury not to come. So that grand jury will return again tomorrow where we will be once again awaiting this decision on the Trump case that so many are watching closely and waiting for. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Melina Weiskopf, NTD News. Thank you for that, Melina. And to assess the latest developments of the prospects of former President Trump being indicted, we're happy to have on attorney and founder of Legacy Pack, Jared Craig. Jared Craig, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me come on the show. Absolutely, Jared. Now, legal experts have been analyzing this pending indictment of former President Trump. There seems to be just so many holes in this case uh, from a legal perspective. Now we're seeing the recess of the grand jury. What do you think is actually going on here? I think the grand jury is having second thoughts about the evidence that's being presented to them. They are being presented with, uh, if you're not familiar with how a grand jury operates, it's generally just prosecution evidence and witnesses. And if they are 
taking the day off at the end of their investigation, I think it infers that they aren't really sure if they're going to issue a true bill, which leads to an indictment. Uh, one of the things that I have seen is the, the statute of limitations running. Uh, it's a three-year statute of limitation, and we're almost seven years at it of the alleged conduct. And I think that really is being fought with on the new evidence standard or the allegation of new evidence, which I believe is kind of a weak argument for, for the prosecution. The other thing that's not really been spoken about is why is this DA handling this case? This case should be handled by the commercial division. This is a white-collar misdemeanor crime. If alleged, um, worst-case scenario, it's a misdemeanor that is normally handled by the commercial division of the New York court system. So I, I think that with the, the adjournment of the, the grand jury, the failure to actually prosecute this within the statute of limitations, uh, we're getting a lot of indication that this is uh, turning into a big nothing burger with a side of lies. Now, Jared, to your point about this being a misdemeanor crime, um, it raises the question or the fact that this is unprecedented to indict a former president um, or a sitting president for that matter. And it begs the question, what for and what does it do to a country which is already um, so divided? Well, if you look in the media and you look on normal search terms to see what is the charge that is being presented, and it's called hush money in the media. We're seeing hush money, hush. There's no language in New York penal code referring to hush money. What is being accused is uh, penal law 170.05. In the second degree, it's falsifying business records. And that falsification of business records requires a specific intent to defraud. And what they're accusing him of doing is by mislabeling the fees supposedly paid to Michael Cohen in relation to a non-disclosure agreement payment of $130,000 paid by Michael Cohen, that the Trump administration was identifying that as legal fees. Well, Michael Cohen was his lawyer. Uh, I'm not sure there's any intent to defraud there. So if that's what they're going to charge him with, they've got an uphill battle to try to find out intent. Every good defense attorney knows when there is an intent as an element of a crime, that's one of the hardest things to prove. So in finding reasonable doubt or finding probable cause of that, that alleged crime, it's kind of an uphill battle for the grand jury. And I think that they're taking that to heart and um, having to sleep on it at least one more day. Now, this recess of the grand jury today has thrown in a, a complete, uh, you know, wrinkle or curveball, if you will, to the whole process. Um, so prior to this, I think a lot of people and reports were saying that we probably wouldn't see a perp walk, uh, but most likely fingerprints and a mugshot of the former president, uh, certainly on the table. Uh, if that were to happen, does this ultimately help or hurt the uh, former President Trump in his bid for 2024? Well, I personally believe in this situation, this might be where Donald Trump is playing chess while the DA's office of New York is playing checkers. I think that he's always a couple of steps ahead in front of these issues, these attacks, these witch hunts. I think it's going to help him. I think that he has monopolized the media content since 2015. He continually, everything he does, he gets the oxygen in the room. He gets the market share of what we're talking about. 
And I think the average person in the United States thinks that this is a travesty. This is absurdity. Trying to indict a former president on a misdemeanor charge to prevent him from running for president, I think that is uh, the average person sees this as um, kind of improper, uh, a travesty, and an affront to our judicial system. Founder of Legacy Pack, Jared Craig, thank you so much. Thank you. And a new bill in Congress that Republicans are prioritizing right now is H.R. 1, the Lower Energy Cost Act. The bill seeks to unleash America's potential of natural resources and ensure energy independence. And joining us to discuss this bill, we just had a chance to sit down with Congressman Pete Stauber of Minnesota. Congressman Pete Stauber, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to be with you. Congressman, uh, H.R. 1, a top priority for Republicans. Uh, tell us about what's packed into this bill that has you, um, you know, supporting it. And also, do you think there will be enough support on the Senate side, at least two votes, to get it through? Well, Steve, I think H.R. 1, it's the, it's, it's the Republicans' priority in the House of Representatives. And, and what it is is about uh, permitting reform and really uh, allowing the natural resources that we have in our uh, country uh, to be extracted in a responsible, uh, reasonable uh, way using uh, the best environmental and the best labor standards. And yes, I do, Steve. I really believe once the Senate sees H.R. Uh, 1, they're going to look at it and say, we need to unleash uh, the economic engine in the United States, uh, reference our traditional fuels uh, and our mining and critical minerals. And keep in mind, the permitting part of it, uh, HR1, is extremely important. I mean, there's, there's projects, uh, uh, transmission lines, for example, that are in their seventh and eighth year of permitting across this country. If we are going to change alternative sources of energy, we need these transmission lines to be permitted, including uh, the generation, transmit, uh, rather, Generation, transmission, and distribution, those all need to be uh, permitted in a timely uh, timely manner. And, you know, uh, six, seven, eight, nine years is just uh, simply unacceptable. Congressman, there's a lot of talk about uh, energy independence, which is obviously uh, geared mostly toward fossil fuels. But as you mentioned, there's also um, minerals, rare earth minerals, specifically in your district. Uh, tell us about the importance of these. Well, Steve, let's talk about the Duluth Complex, which is uh, in northeastern Minnesota on the Iron Range. As I've said before, the Duluth Complex holds 95% of America's nickel reserve, almost 90% of the cobalt reserve, over a third of the copper and other platinum group metals that we use in our everyday lives. And this administration banned mining in northeastern Minnesota, simply unacceptable. And it's, it, the sad fact is uh, Joe Biden and his administration are okay uh, with mining in the Congo using child slave labor. Right now, uh, United States taxpayer money is being put forth uh, uh, to our adversarial nations uh, to mine the critical minerals that we can do in our country. We have the best labor standards, Steve, and the best environmental standards. Let's do it here. As I said, this administration must get on the side of the American miner, and right now they're not. And from what I understand, uh, this is all fairly recent. There was a big project that was supposed to be underway in Minnesota. And, you know, just a follow-up, uh, the Democrats, they obviously are pushing uh, green energy, that's their big thing. And in order to, to reach those standards, electric, electric vehicles, you need these critical rare earth minerals, correct? That's absolutely right. Well, look at just, for instance, the cobalt. We know uh, that uh, the communist country of China uh, controls over 50% of the world's cobalt. 
you need cobalt to make uh, batteries. And so what's happening right now is this administration is turning a blind eye. They, they uh, agreed on a memorandum of understanding with the Congo. And in the Congo, 15 of the 19 industrial mines are controlled by the communist country of China. They use slave labor. This administration is turning a blind eye uh, so they can meet their green agenda here in this country. And I've said it before, I'm going to say it again, it is unethical, immoral, and wrong that the United States purchases even one ounce of critical minerals uh, mined by child slave labor. And this is tied into the belt, uh, China's Belt and Road Initiative, where they're using essentially debt trap diplomacy and taking over uh, African land for those minerals. That's exactly right. And, and we have to, we, you know, uh, the communist country of China has tried, has tried to, and is continuously trying to take uh, down the United States as a superpower, uh, both economically and militarily. And we can't allow that to happen. Steve, when we know better, we must do better. And this administration better get on the side of the American workforce. And to your point, Congressman, uh, you have Xi Jinping uh, just arriving in Moscow to meet with Putin for uh, three days of meetings. Um, this is under, right now, people, you know, uh, reports saying that China may be aiding uh, Russia with lethal aid. Uh, how concerning is this? It's extremely concerning. You know, uh, the fact of the matter is uh, Joe Biden and his lack of leadership, when he pulled out of Afghanistan the way he did, he left a leadership void. And when you leave a leadership void, somebody's going to fill it. Uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, Xi Jinping, and Kim Jong-un from North Korea are filling that void right now. And we're seeing the devastation. And what we, we need is strong leadership in this country uh, from this administration and any president. And we need a Congress, both House and the Senate, to support uh, the American first agenda. We have to control the destiny of our own country in the palm of our own hands. We cannot rely on China or other adversarial nations, and we certainly can't, al can't allow their critical minerals to be mined by child slave labor with zero environmental standards and zero labor standards, and then we purchase them. It's simply unacceptable. Carson Pete Stauber, thank you so much. Thank you. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.